Hello, welcome to A Woman's Perspective, a woman's health podcast featuring medical professionals and your host, Sophie. Today, I'm chatting with Dr. Molly Brennan. She's a naturopath at Station Street Health, and she knows so much about hyperthyroidism and hypothyroidism. They're both conditions that affect your thyroid, which is located in your neck. They predominantly affect women and are thus so understudied. Today, we'll be chatting about how you can really notice some underlying symptoms of both conditions and how you can take care of yourself and possible treatments once diagnosed. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Okay, well, thank you, Dr. Molly Brennan, for coming on today and giving me some of your time. Yeah. Um, So could you give like a brief introduction of yourself? Yes. So my name is Molly Brennan. I'm a naturopathic doctor and I work at um, two locations, uh, Roots to Branches and Quispamsis and then Station Street Health Uptown. So basically, um, I'm a naturopathic doctor. So do you know what that is or? I think I have an idea. Like you do like natural medicine and you help people with like their lifestyle and diet and like hormones. Yeah. So basically we're trained. It's a, you, you have to have a four year undergrad and then it's another four years of a naturopathic medical degree. Okay. So, and then you would basically um, be trained in all of the primary care concerns. So think, you know, high cholesterol and, and, you know, arthritis and things like that. Yep. And then we would, we wouldn't deal with the medication side. We would deal with lifestyle. So counseling, um, a little bit of lifestyle counseling, acupuncture, diet is a big yeah. one, and then su- herbs, supplements, vitamins that have evidence. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I also um, did a little bit of research on you, and yes. I went on the <laughs> website, and I saw that you were really interested in like hyperthyroidism and hypothyroidism. Uh, just for starters, do you mind just saying like what does the thyroid do for our bodies? Yeah. So the thyroid. Um, where to start? So, did you guys learn this in high? Did you learn about the thyroid in high school? Not really. No. Yeah. So the thyroid is a little butterfly gland in your neck, and it sits right here in your throat. Yeah. You can actually feel it sometimes in people. Yeah. Um, and basically, it governs everything. Everything, all of your metabolism. So, okay. metabolism meaning weight, but also meaning how are your organs functioning? And it's almost like a bit of a battery for your organs. Okay. So. It governs um, mood and cognition. It can govern bowel movements. Uh, your reproductive system is a big one. Um, your heart beating, just everything. Wow, so yeah. it's very important. I'm surprised that I haven't it's heard hormone. like, yeah. yeah, wow. I know, it's a, big, it's a big thing maybe for people who are like in their 30s or 40s or even their 20s, which is when mm-hmm. I was diagnosed. Yeah. But certainly, um, yeah, it might not be as prevalent like in a teen, in a teen really, teen years. Yeah. yeah. And do you uh, have hypothyroidism or hyper? So I have Hashimoto's, which Hashimoto's. is okay. hypo. Okay. And it's autoimmune. So 90% of hypothyroidism is autoimmune. Okay. And it's called Hashimoto's thyroid, thyroiditis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, how was that kind of like diagnosing process? Like, did you notice the symptoms that you had or was, was it just like through testing that your doctor did that you found out? Mm, it was through testing mostly because I, I was in grade 12 or, mm. or grade 11 even, and I just didn't feel anything. And then just through testing, my doctor said, oh, your thyroid's a little off, but you have no symptoms, so you're fine. And then in university, I really struggled with anxiety and depression and mood. And that's when they kind of actually started medicating for it. 
Okay. So it came out for me mostly as mood and then as like low energy fatigue. So do, uh, does, um, like Hashimoto's, does it have a lot of different symptoms and it depends like on the person what those symptoms are or are they like generally kind of the same? There's a big list. So they are generally the same. Yeah. Um, I would say a lot of my patients struggle with, who have Hashimoto's struggle with fatigue, weight gain. Um, It's really big in the fertility world, like infertility. It's a big cause of that. So changes in periods. So again, maybe someone um, in high school might really only care about their periods and the thyroid could be underlying why it's off, why your periods are off. And uh, what kind of uh, might cause like the thyroid to kind of function differently or like abnormally for someone with one of those conditions? Causes of hypothyroidism. So like everything, there's a genetic piece. (laughs) So for me, my mother has it, my maternal side, my grandmother has it, my uncle has it. It's very strange for men to have hypothyroidism. Okay. um, Or it's not as common. Mm -hmm. So there's a genetic piece. There is a male to female ratio. So women have it, I forget the times, I think it's three to five times more than men. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, And it's it's one in 10 people have Hashimoto's. So it is prevalent. I know 10% isn't like you're probably like, that's not that much. But in the world of disease, like it Mm -hmm. is prevalent enough to have medication and, and studies on it and stuff like that. Okay. So there's genetics. There's a big environmental piece. Okay. So environmental pollution has been linked in, say, animal models, a couple of human studies. It's really hard to measure pollution on our health. (laughs) That is true. From like a standpoint of um, who's financing the studies. Yeah. So there's that piece. And yeah, autoimmunity in general is on the rise in our in our society, like Western culture. Mm -hmm. So North America. So basically it is an autoimmune, one of many that are increasing. Do you think it is because like of our diet and lifestyle and just kind of like all things that we kind of do here in North America that might be like causing the growth in those diseases? Mm, I don't know if it's totally, that's a great question. I don't know if it's totally connected to just North America and what we do as far as diet or how we work or, or whatever, exercise. Yeah. Because they've done studies in like Italy, for instance, where they put iodine in the water and it's caused more Hashimoto's. Oh like as a public health um, iodized water uh, protocol. So like, I I don't know, I can't speak to other countries, mm-hmm. but basically okay. it's on the, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Okay, well, yeah, yeah that's not very good. That's on the rise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so when you, um, when you think that you might have, like say hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism, um, what kind of symptoms can you like identify in yourself and say, hey, I should probably go get tested for this, kind of see what's going on? Mm. Um, so hypothyroidism is much more prevalent than hyper. Yeah. So hypo, it means your thyroid isn't working as well. So okay. think very sluggish. So like yeah. sluggish bowels. So it could be constipation, diarrhea, alternating, mm-hmm. um, period can be off. So it can be like a really heavy, painful period. Yeah. It could be scanty period. So you're skipping months or it's very, very light. Yeah. So kind of irregular periods. Okay. Um, there's, there's more. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. It's usually dry skin, dry hair. Um, fatigue is a really big one. Okay. Mental health, so mood, anxiety. A huge majority of women with Hashimoto's are actually on antidepressants. Oh, wow. Um, and then even cognition as far as, like, can't really remember words. 
you know, I'll, I'll probably do it in this interview, but like can't think of the word and it's on the tip of my tongue kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And um, so is this kind of like, is hyperthyroidism um, like a lot less common than hypothyroidism? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to say it's like 1% of. of oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's not a lot. No, wow. it's, it's very much linked to, it is very much probably much more genetic. Mm -hmm. It's very linked to big um, hormone changes, especially in pregnancy. Okay. Um, and it would be the opposite of hypo. Yeah. So hyperthyroidism, everything is sped up because your, your thyroid is producing too much hormone yeah. into the bloodstream. So you're um, super hot all the time. Yeah. Your um, periods, well, your periods don't really change there, but you have a lot of energy, almost like to the point of anxiety or you can't sleep even. Um, you're, you know, you're having diarrhea all the time. Hyperthyroidism is much more medically treated as far as pharmaceuticals and being followed by an endocrinologist because yeah. you can go into a thyroid storm, it's called, where your heart actually will start to um, quiver and have arrhythmias and, like, could lead to heart attack kind of thing. Oh, wow. So someone, like, do these diseases go, like, undiagnosed or, like, what's kind of, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I would say Graves is much more of a medical much more medically followed because of the heart piece yeah so it's more dangerous we'll say even though lots of people have graves and they're fine yeah but um yeah. with hypo it's really probably in the last i'm going to say 20 to 30 years of medicine that we've kind of studied it and really tried to understand it more yeah i have a beef with that i don't think we understand it very well but but that's yeah so for instance my grandmother who um just like a personal anecdote is my grandmother grew up on a potato farm lots of farmers in the 1940s but she distinctly remembers like having the fields like her father was out spraying the fields with ddt oh and then she would go play in it with her siblings right like go play in the fields oh no so then you're like okay i wonder generationally how that translates to her her offspring and then me right yeah as yeah. far as if we're looking at the environmental piece so basically she really had to not fight but she, her thyroid went very much underdiagnosed I will say until her probably 60s wow yeah. so that like would have really like affected her yeah and having those conditions go like so like undiagnosed for so long um is the longer that that like goes undiagnosed the worse for you can that be like pretty bad yeah so yeah. um with hypothyroidism it's a long haul we're talking decades of this happening yeah. but if say it's never me medically managed with medication it could lead to like heart attack stroke. Okay. Yeah. So th those are the big things I care about as a naturopathic doctor is your risk of heart attack and stroke when you're 70. Yeah. Um, the other piece would be osteoporosis. So it can really oh. thin the bones and the fertility is big now too. So oh, wow. if yeah. you're, if there's any period stuff going on, get your thyroid checked from your medical doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, when you say it can like affect fertility and like cause like osteoporosis and different things like this, um, do you what age group do you think um, or know is the most affected, or like out of your clients, what age group is the most affected by these uh, disorders or conditions? Good question. My patient base is much more. I'm going to say 30 to 60, so yeah. probably in that childbearing years, mm -hmm. menopause, perimenopause range. Yeah. I do see the thyroid kind of bust out a bit in perimenopause where yeah. thyroid starts to go. Thyroid also really can um, be cranky in uh, pregnancy. So okay. that's when a lot of women are, are um, picked 
out of all of the like what's going on with your health yeah yeah but I would say in the fertility world or even like people in their teens and 20s who have irregular periods and they're just kind of told to have the like take the pill and everything's fine that's Mm -hmm. a gauge group we're missing Exactly. I know a lot of like girls that I know and they've had like uh, irregular periods or like hormonal issues and Mm -hmm. they're just told, oh, like take birth control. And that is like fixes the problem, but not exactly. Yeah. So I'm pro birth control. Like, like I believe in the appropriate medication. Oh, yeah. So birth control you could still take. And obviously for birth control, but for you have a really terrible period or PMS or something or acne, but also... Mm -hmm. um, test first why the period is is bad yeah so lots of different reasons why thyroid is like one of them okay and uh with these conditions uh like i know you said earlier like um someone might go undiagnosed until like say when they're pregnant or they're going through menopause and that's kind of when their symptoms like really like uh, stand out Mm -hmm. so um is it like a good idea to get like a blood test every now and then kind of just to see like what's going on with your hormones and yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of medical doctors will test the TSH. Yeah. Um, a total sidebar. I used to practice in Ontario where we okay. naturopathic doctors can actually um, requisition blood work. Yeah. We cannot here in New Brunswick. So I do ask medical doctors very nicely if they can. And a lot of them will obviously test TSH because it's that's the main screening marker on blood work. It's called TSH. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm slightly forgetting your question, but <sighs> that's okay. It's like what we're missing is we're missing the antibodies. Okay. So there's thyroid, which is TSH, and then there's what's your immune system doing, which is why I'm really educating my patient base on that. Yeah, yeah. So TPO antibody is a big one that your doctor, your medical doctor can run, and it's no issue to run it. Yeah. So that's okay. that's kind of the missing mark, I feel. Yeah, and are those kind of like blood tests um, kind of like not conducted a lot of the time? or? So antibodies, which is TPO antibody, those are not conducted because it doesn't change treatment. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing in medicine. That's a big overarching question in any medical uh, model or medical, um, I'm going to say focus area or specialty is, will this change treatment? Yeah. And for medical doctors, no, they just give the same medication. But okay. for me, as a, as a naturopathic doctor, it totally changes the treatment plan as far as how yeah. can we support your immune system? your autoimmunity, stuff like that. So uh, say, for example, if somebody were to get those blood tests uh, done, like by like their GP versus like you, mm-hmm. how would like the treatment like differ if there was something going on with their hormones or thyroid? Right. So if the antibodies were flagged high yeah, yeah. and um, basically your your GP will give Synthroid or Levothyroxine, it's called mm-hmm. super safe. Take it as directed by your medical doctor. I love it. Yeah. My job then, if your antibodies were high, would be how do we address the immune system? Mm -hmm. So there are studies done in Hashimoto's uh, showing that things like ginger root extract, so ginger capsules, um, black cumin, which is like the cumin that you kind of, it's a seed. I think it's the same like relationship to what you cook with. Okay. So those actually can lower antibodies over four to six months. Oh, wow. So then it would change my supplement regime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's kind of how we would approach that. Okay, yeah. Um, and so with these diseases, um, sorry, I'm drawing a blank. That's cool. Um, Edit this one out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, with these two diseases, even if someone like doesn't have them, um, can they like 
age and with aging develop these conditions or is it something that you're like kind of born with or your genetics kind of like have? Yeah, that's such a good question that I don't think we have an answer to. Okay. I'm going to say you can certainly develop it as you age. Mm-hmm. Our thyroid slows down as we age anyway. It's okay. just part of aging. Yeah. Um, however, there is an optimum. There's an optimal there as yeah. far as your blood work, how you feel. So I, I care about the optimal here as far as how are you going to feel when you're 70? Yeah. You probably don't care about that because you're in high school, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, so that's kind of my population base. but. Okay. And again, I'm blanking on the question. But as far as prevention goes, our public health system like puts iodine in everything. So like oh, bread, wow. milk, salt. So really iodine is kind of, we've kind of addressed a dietary prevention standpoint. Okay. But we're still seeing lots of rates of thyroid stuff. Oh, so that can kind of like really like cause someone to like develop that? Yeah, like yeah. a low thyroid, a low iodine in the... Um, in our food chain can certainly bring on hypothyroidism. Yeah. However, there's a bit of a debate there in the literature as to how, like, accurate that is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, your thyroid, how can it, like, affect, like, your immune system? Like, can it affect how, like, you fight, like, I don't know, like, infections or... Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question, too. Yeah, I would say, so the thyroid will certainly downregulate, meaning it will it will sort of be like transiently hypothyroid when okay. you have, say, a flu. Mm, because yeah. your body's down, your body wants you to sleep and rest. Okay. So it does react to the immune system. And when we have people with chronic disease or chronic infections, the mm-hmm. thyroid can be a little wonky and harder to trace. Okay. Yeah. I don't know much about like that relationship, but certainly in an acute infection, yeah, your thyroid kind of like, what's that word? Powers down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. for a bit. And um, so say you are like diagnosed with some of these conditions, how can you um, like kind of maybe like modify your lifestyle? Like, is there any ways you can like, I don't know, maybe change the way like you exercise or you sleep or maybe the way you eat to like support yourself and your thyroid? Mm. So a lot of people with hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's, they feel really lazy. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the kind of word I, I hear used all the time in my office. It's like, I'm lazy or my... my partner thinks I'm lazy because they just have zero energy yeah so it would be they're probably sleeping all the time anyway Mm -hmm. but like yeah making sure you're getting seven to nine hours of good restful sleep um like your cat's not jumping up on your bed and like lying on your head right yes so there's that piece and then exercise it would be I really would love women in particular to go into weightlifting a little more okay so any exercise is great for the thyroid um sometimes if cardio or intense running or long hours of cardio is too much you could just do 30 to 45 minutes of more weightlifting yeah or yeah. hit or whatever that's called yeah, some other exercise. Uh, i haven't been to all the gyms <laughs> and yeah. then with the diet lots of myths around diet and thyroid i will say the mediterranean diet has the most evidence for oh, okay. hypothyroidism yeah so mm-hmm. gluten-free does has a little evidence dairy-free um I would not suggest keto or like a really low carb diet. Yeah. Yeah. Because carbs are like very important, uh, like for your just whole body. Yeah. Yeah. And in the hormone world, even for let's say PMS, Mm -hmm. like they've linked really low carb or kind of crappy carbs, I'll say, like chocolate bars, to worsen PMS. So we actually need carbohydrates, which are sugar, to, um, to make hormones. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, and I know that you mentioned earlier that like treating kind of like uh, both of those two conditions, um, medication is usually used. Is that, um, 
like what can that look like for someone? Do you, would you get like started on like, I don't know, like a thyroid like treatment mm. right away? Or would you maybe like try to like uh, work on someone's maybe lifestyle first? Yeah, so my job is to work with the medications. Okay. So I want to make things more effective. So it's going to be kind of a, a bit of all of it, like, yeah. like everything you suggested. Yeah. <laughs> so I usually overwhelm people, but no, okay. it's I usually do it step by step. But typically, like, it would be a couple of supplements. So selenium is a big one that I use that has evidence to lower TSH, like yeah. to bring TSH into range on blood work. Okay. Um, I do suggest, like, always follow your medical doctor's advice, basically. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we would work on, is, if sleep is off, we would, we would suggest... Um, what's it called where you like have a routine going to bed oh like a night routine bedtime routine there we go yeah so we would and we would kind of plug in where could you improve in your in your particular lifestyle okay yeah and um I just want to ask also what really interests you or like uh probably because you do have Hashimoto's but like Mm. is that the reason why you are so interested in these conditions and like treating them and working with your clients yeah you know Originally, going through naturopathic medical school and even the first few years of practice, I was like, the thyroid's boring. (laughs) But, um, yeah, my own health, like, my thyroid, I would say, is not totally well controlled right now. Okay. That's kind of a thing as to why I would research it and implement things for my patients. The other piece is it does come down to, unfortunately, kind of women's, like, a woman's health issue and the gender gap in healthcare. Yeah. Meaning... If it's a male, primarily male dominant condition, like heart disease, it's it's like uh, researched and, and through the wazoo, right? Yeah. But if it's a primarily female dominant condition like thyroid or, I don't know, PMS, for instance, it's like we have some studies, but it's not great. Yeah. So that kind of is like where my brain and my practice is going is like, oh, why is there such a gap in healthcare? Yeah. And just in closing, I want to ask if someone thinks that they do have like one of these conditions or they are kind of like maybe worried about like their hormones or their thyroid, should they, uh, is there a particular doctor they should go to or uh, like maybe their GP or like a naturopath like yourself Hmm. or what would you recommend? So always go through your GP route. They're really pretty good at testing the TSH marker. Yeah. Um, Certainly if your GP feels like there's an issue getting an endocrinologist referral is appropriate. Yeah. And then I can be I can be seen like they, people can see me in conjunction with kind of seeing their medical doctor. Okay. So base so my role would be let's follow through with you for the next let's say 6 months put these systems in place so you can actually ma- optimize your lab values, your nutrition, your diet, your mental health stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Molly, for coming on the podcast today. You had so much information to bring. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you.